Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Terms visit McDonald's.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. You're listening to the Trade Exchange. Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey getting you through the next hour of deals. We've got plenty to chat through today. We'll have Tom Berry, the new Gold Coast Suns recruit, on the show a bit later. We'll also do a bit of draft chat with Cal, who is AFL.com.au's draft guru. The NAB AFL Draft Combine starts today. If you've got any questions for Cal, shoot them through on the text line 0419-187-323. We'll try and get to as many draft questions as we can in the second half hour. Cal, how are you going today? Good, thank you, Riley. did see a few clubs piling into Marvel Stadium this morning and a few draftees as well. So they are going through their interviews across Friday and Saturday. And on Sunday, we'll be partaking in the athletic testing. So mm. the sprint and the agility and the jumps and the two kilometer. What's your drive. favorite? I'm more of a sprint man. <laughs> yeah. More of a sprint man. Could I, you I, crack three? <laughs> in your heyday. You my heyday, yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> be inter- I would, I'm not going to say I'd like to do it. It would be interesting to see though. Yeah. I mean, how much slower can you be over 20 metres? <laughs> it can't be that much slower. Oh, I think it could it? be. All right, we'll get to that in the second half hour today. Cal, I want to start by chatting trades, though. Uh, Tanner Bruin is a Geelong player. Pick 18 traded to GWS from the Cats. There's some interesting parts and pieces to this deal, though. What do you make of it? Well, I mean, Tanner's been keen to get home. Pretty well as soon as he got to the Giants, I think. And look, he's um, after two years upped and left and, and gone back to the Cats. The Cats weren't the only club who were interested in him, of course. Um, he met with North Melbourne as well. Uh, Hawthorne had a level of interest as well, but he ended up choosing the Cats. And I don't think the Cats made a, a really sustained attack for him throughout the year, but there was always a sense that Tanner uh, was keen to get back to Victoria pretty quickly. Yep. So... Um, and not many draftees do leave after two years and, and change clubs. So especially when they're top 12 picks. So he's yeah. done that after playing 30 games as well and had a better um, financial offer, I think, on the table for him at the Giants to, to stay, but um, and a, a reasonable offer to stay as well. And they'll keen to keep him. But in the end, uh, the lure of home and the lure of Geelong was enough to, to get him across the line. And Look, pick 18, I think he's pretty fair value, to be honest. Yep. Uh, he's played 30 games. In his draft year, he was anywhere from pick sort of 10 to, to 15 or so, wherever he was going to get selected. Um, come off an injury, hit draft season, and also a little bit of injury in the, the previous year before that too. But I like him as a player. I think he's got a lot of ability, and mm-hmm. that was a reason why he played and was able to play 30 games across two seasons with the Giants. He's, he's skillful. 
Um, can play off half forward as well. It's probably where I see him fitting in a little bit of midfield time as well at the Cats. But what it does, of course, then in terms of the next few days, yeah, create is an interesting landscape for how the Cats now get a deal across the line for Ollie Henry and, and what's going to suffice for uh, Collingwood to be comfortable. How do they do it, do you think? Well, they have to dip into their future first-round pick now, don't they? Yeah. At the moment, obviously, they're out of the first round of this year's draft. Now, apart from pick seven, they're not going to use pick seven to split it and back. They, they want to hold. That's been part of, obviously, the Jack Bowes situation. They don't have it in their hands yet, but but they will. Um, and then the next pick is at, at pick 38. Now, that's not going to be enough to be no. uh, getting Ollie Henry across the line. They, they might get another selection in through Asava Radigalea if he goes. But again, that one's still in a little bit of flux given how much Port Adelaide's got going on as well and how much they'll want to pay for him versus Junior Rioli versus Jason Orn Francis and how that all fits into that melting pot. So uh, I think it's going to have to be a, a future first-round pick um, to get that one near enough to, to appease Collingwood, who... You know, I still think we'll have hopes they can turn Ollie Henry around if a deal doesn't get done because um, it's not as if they're not keen to keep him. They want to yep. keep him and they can, can to retain him. And he's played 15 games this year in a, in a side that finished in the preliminary final, 20-odd goals and, and has a lot of ability. So, yeah, that, that that is a real watch now in the next few days. Get to a quick question from AG off the text line. Don't teams have to use a certain number of round one picks every four years? Have Geelong done that? Well, they have in the sense that it's two every four years. Uh, 2019, which is when this period would have started for Geelong, they got two first round picks in that year in Cooper Stevens and Sam DeConing. Uh, they then used another one in 2020 with Max Holmes. And of course, this year, they're going to have pick seven. Yep, so within so that period, they've ha- they have actually used, they, or, they, or they will by the end of this year, use four picks inside four years. And of course, you can, if it's going to be a rolling four years then, and 23 counts in that and 22 yep. and 21 and 20, then they've, they've hit their two markers. So they would be able to trade out their, their future first if they wanted to. Mm. Get to a few other queries. Luke Jackson and the holding pattern that's there between Melbourne and Fremantle at the moment, which you wrote about on afl.com.au and inside trading last night. Yeah, and it is a holding pattern. Uh, and the Dockers have put forward pick 13 and a future first round pick. We've reported on inside trading on afl.com.au over a couple of weeks now that, that the Demons are keen on a top seven selection and a, and a future first as well to come through with that. Now, Fremantle have clearly beefed up their assets this year, this week. Yes. Having done the deals with Griffin Logue and, and Blake Akers and also, of course, Darcy Tucker. So they have um, two second-round picks for next year. They have two third-round picks for next year. And they also have two fourth-round picks for next year or one fourth-round pick for next year. So they are in a good position in terms of um, having more chips at the table. Yep. But they are still firm around what their offer is and Melbourne's still firm around what it's, it's um, willing to accept. So I don't expect too much more uh, movement on that. There's been some discussion around you know, getting that, that special assistance package, the, the future two tied to Fremantle and, and then another pick going back the other way to the Dockers. But look, I think there's still a fair bit to play out on that one. Do you reckon that's a Wednesday job? Oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. No. So not, not to the deadline, but... I mean, West Coast sitting in the background, but they're not. He's not going to West Coast, is he? 
I don't see that happening. Yeah. No, I don't see that happening. But um, there's the preseason draft, you know, threat that's there if it, if it doesn't go that way. But I still think a deal will get uh, sorted here. Yeah. It's, it's the power of the contract, isn't it? You know, the player who's in contract versus those who are out, there's, there's a whole different um, schism of, of what the trade can look like. So, but... Fremantle getting done a lot of its work early does create a, a bigger hand to play with if they're willing to to go down that line. But at the moment, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a standoff, but I think it's just um, everyone is really clear on what they want, and they're not at the meeting point at the moment. Deals taking Jason Horn Francis and Junior Rioli to Port Adelaide. Where do they sit? Uh, still in progress. I mean, we spoke about this yesterday. I still think mm. that um, the the pick two being involved has the the bones around it to, yep. to get something achieved mm-hmm. and there's just going to be a requirement to keep three clubs happy and yeah. you know the more clubs that you add to these things the more people you have to please yes but also the more ability you have to to work around what you've got and what you don't have and what you need to keep uh obviously North Melbourne has to be satisfied because they've got uh, Jason Horn Francis and and he's contracted and that again is is the difference between some of these deals that are happening and not, but look I feel like there's enough to that proposed three way swap that if it added or subtracted or some things thrown in could could make that happen. Do you think Port Adelaide will have to lose a player for it to happen? Uh not necessarily a West Coast or North Melbourne, but to shift out a player to get in extra picks. Don't no, don't think so. Not mm. necessarily. Yeah. So we know we know players have been. No, I don't think so. I know I know players have been asked about. We reported yesterday that uh, Dan Houston was inquired about by West Coast. That happened. So the Eagles definitely asked the question as to whether or not he'd want to be involved. Um, Port Adelaide had no willingness to do that, which makes me think that they don't necessarily think they need to to get it done. Um, I don't think Dan Houston had any, indi- any intent to go there either. So, um, he's, he's got a contract for five yeah, years. Yeah, and he only signed it in March. So, yeah, I, I think they can negotiate this one without having to lose a player. I'm not sure how, where they're at in terms of list spots and list sizes or anything like that. I don't, don't have the numbers with me, but I think they, they'd be pretty confident they might be able to get it done. What about the Jacob Hopper deal? You reported on Thursday that. The Giants had met and done a medical with Ivan Soldo. Yeah, so I think this could help the Jacob Hopper deal uh, get over the line in the sense that at the moment, Richmond's offers pick 31 to future first. And as you reported earlier in the week, that's probably not going to get it done, or the Giants have certainly indicated that, that won't get it done. So whether or not Ivan Soldo is somehow involved in this, whether or not it's independent of the deal, but it gives Richmond more assets to work with in the Jacob Hopper trade, as in they're, they're done separately or they're done together is another question. But the Giants now, I think, have got a, a real interest in, in Soldo, and you you can get a gauge of that by the fact that when he was holidaying and visiting family in Canberra, which is where he's from and where he grew up over the off-season, they obviously met him a couple of times, put him through a medical. I think that, that gives a sense that they'd, they'd be willing to, to trade for him if it came came to it. Um, so I don't think it necessarily is the key to the deal, but I think it certainly aids Richmond in the sense that they probably need more picks to get these deals done. And we've spoken about Jack Graham. On yeah, what's the latest on Graham? Well, at the moment, he's not going to, we know he's not going to Port Adelaide. He's told Richmond he doesn't want to get traded to Port Adelaide. But I, I think that if an offer's there for him, I wouldn't rule out that 
maybe he'd look around given the fact that he's going to be put, like his situation's still the same at Richmond. Yeah. Uh, the reason why he met Port Adelaide was because he thought that his situation might change given the arrival of Hopper and Taranto. And I think that that, that won't change um, now, but um, I think he's happy to stay if he needs to, but if an offer comes like what Port Adelaide had indicated they might be prepared to offer then from someone else, then maybe he'd look at it. But I don't think there's necessarily the need for Richmond to do it if Soldo does move, if you, if you know what I mean there. Mm. So it's an interesting one. How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, similarly. Uh, I mean, all indications are looking like Soldo has a willingness to, to be involved, don't you think? Yeah. I think I think the fact that he's clearly second in line behind Toby Nankervis now. I mean, he only signed a three-year deal last September. So he's got two years to run on that. But I think his situation's changed a little bit in the sense that he only played 13 games last year. Um, was sort of disposed from the team a little bit. Nankervis has taken on a greater role with the captaincy and clearly now is their number one ruckman going forward. The Giants have rucks on their list. They've got Briggs, they've got Flynn, they've got Proust. Mm. And there's also a guy called Nick Madden coming through their academy system as well. Yeah. Who I think is likely to end up there and I, I think he's got some ability too. I, he's not going to be a really early bid, but certainly has some ability. No, but they might be looking at it in the sense that if you add Soldo to the mix, does he become their immediate number one? Does he surpass a, a Braden Proust and become their immediate number one? They showed a willingness on a couple of times last year to play two rucks, so that gives them another option. So there's plenty to work through there. There's, what, five days left in the trade period before Wednesday night's deadline, so there will be plenty for clubs to get through. Cal, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have the Gold Coast Suns' new recruit, Tom Berry, on the line very shortly. This is the Trade Exchange for Reem. Built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install a ring. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Two juicy chickenonuts.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. We are the Trade Exchange. Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey getting you through the next little bit. We are joined on the line now, Cal, by a very special guest. Live from Bali, hmm. I've been told. It is Gold Coast Suns new recruit, Tom Berry. Tom, thanks for taking the time. Nah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How is it over there, mate? Very sunny, I'm imagining. Uh, no, um, it's actually raining the whole time, which is not, not great, but um, there's no surprise. It's always the way when you book a holiday. <laughs> hey, Tom, Cal Toomey, thanks for coming on for a chat. What's it like to be a Gold Coast Suns player? Yeah, mate, I'm I'm absolutely pumped. Um, I'm excited for a new opportunity. And um, since, since the day I caught up with, the fellas down at um, Goldie, um, yeah, I pretty much just knew it was the right fit for me. And, um, yeah, really excited to get started and um, meet, all the, meet all the boys and um, the coaching staff. So, yeah, it's exciting times. How long was that in the process for you? Because you've been out of contract. The Lions put a deal to you, but obviously this one has been in the works for a little bit as you, as you weighed up your mind. How, how did that sort of play out from your end? Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's... A lot of it was to do with opportunity for me, and um, I sort of my my season ended a little bit quicker than I would have hoped with um, having a shoulder reconstruction. So um, we we're sort of able to get that into into works a little bit. Um, I left it a lot in um, 
I guess, my manager's hands and let him do his work. But, um, yeah, coming towards the end of the season, we sort of knew that we had to start making a bit of a move and um, what we we're going to do and make the right decision for myself. So, um, yeah, there was probably a few weeks before the end of the season. Um, obviously, we were playing finals footy with, with the Lions and... Um, yeah, that's obviously a very exciting time for the club. So I was trying to keep it pretty hush hush and um, just do my own thing where I could. And um, yeah, so obviously it was in work for a little bit, but um, yeah, glad it got all done. And um, Lions are very, very supportive of my decision as well, which I greatly appreciate. Talk us through the the pitch from the Suns. What's the sort of role they've earmarked for you at the club? Yeah, um, so obviously we're going to. Um, opportunity where there's a small forward leaving the leaving the Suns with Isaac Rankin and they um, they see me as a small pressure forward that um, obviously can lock the ball in the, uh, forward 50 and just create chaos and pressure and um, yeah I'm excited and hopefully I can um, bring that role and nail it for their team so Hey Tom I reckon the first time I met you you might remember this was at your house in Ballarat and uh, you would have been 16 at that point, and Jared was 18, and we were down there filming a little bit of stuff with Jared, and it was pretty obvious to me and everyone how tight you were with Jared. So how have you managed to, to separate yourselves at this point? How's he, how's he taken the news that you're, you're off to the rivals down the road? Yeah, no, I still remember that, mate. It was, um, it was a good day. Well, I think we were playing bloody 2002 AFL Live on the PlayStation <laughs> That's too. right. You were. During the, yeah. uh, <laughs> during the video or something. So... Um, no, nah, it, it was obviously a really tough decision because um, your dream is to play play AFL football with your brother, and um, I was lucky enough to do that. But he was very supportive of my decision. Um, he knows it's going to be the best decision for my career, and hopefully, I can really um, fast forward my career and get it started. So, um, with a lot more opportunities, hopefully. So, um, yeah, as I said, it was tough, and um, it was one that we thought out as a family and spoke about quite often. Um, but yeah, we think we've made the right decision. Um, yeah, as I said, it's only it's only an hour down the road, and we'll be st- still seeing plenty of each other. So um, yeah, um, I think we've made the right decision, and we're both pretty excited. So were you always keen when, when the opportunity popped up, and you realised that the Suns w- were interested, and there's some opportunity for more game times and these type of things? We always kind of stay in Queensland as well, given the family links. Uh, yeah, definitely, mate. It's um, obviously you've got. My oldest brother now, he lives in Noosa and um, Jared's in Brisbane, Melbourne now in Goldie. So we're, we're a little bit spread out <laughs> down the coast, but um, it's only two hour drive for Dad and um, it's pretty easy. So he's, he's about to retire, so he'll probably um, spend a fair bit of time up in up in Queensland and um, bounce between the um, few, few places. A few so, spare rooms. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. He'll be loving it. Um, but yeah, definitely a big factor was that um, obviously I'd still be close to my family and um, opportunities was a massive thing for me. And that's, um, I guess, what I need in my career at the moment is to get in there and start playing AFL football. So um, yeah, I'm really excited and grateful that um, Suns have trusted me and they've, they've got me on board. So I can't wait. Have you thought about the, the prospect of lining up against Jared in a, in a Q clash next season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I think he floated on Instagram and um, got a bit of traction in one of the comments. So, no, nah, it's, it's exciting. Um, 
I'm pretty competitive, so I, I can't wait to come up against Jared and the boys. So it'll be um, it'll be fun times. I'm sure there'll be plenty of cheek and stuff going on. Um, we'll probably go a little bit harder at each other, I reckon. So <laughs> it should be good fun. Which which Brisbane Lions defender would would be your likely matchup in a, in a Q clash? Who would you like to play on? Oh, oh I don't think I'd like to play on any of them. They're all, <laughs> they're all very good footballers, but um, nah, I I'd probably like a Noah Ainsworth or um, one of those boys. Um, probably be my matchup, I'd say. So um, if I get if I get in the AFL squad and I can um, really cement my spot, then yeah, it'd probably be something like that. Um, so. Maybe Richie. I always seem to line up on Richie in buddy um, <laughs> practice matches, so it could be him. <laughs> um, have you met any of the Suns boys yet? Have you got any links to, to Gold Coast? Have you, have you caught up with anyone yet? I haven't really caught up with anyone as of yet. Um, I saw Sammy Collins during um, during one of my meetings with the fellows, so um, he seemed like an absolute ripper, and I've... Um, I've been lucky enough to meet Brandon Ellis um, during holidays in Hamilton Island, and he, so I've been in contact and um, chatted through through the uh, last two two or three years, just being mates. But um, yeah, he, he sent me a message just before all the trade went down and said, "You coming to the Suns, brother?" And sort of said, "Yeah, that's in the works," and um, we're both pretty excited to get the deal done and um, yeah, hopefully play along beside each other. Hey, Tommy, we'll leave you to your holiday. We appreciate you coming on. What's on for the rest of the day in Bali? Nah, we'll be pretty low-key today. I think we'll um, just go out and get some brekkie and might visit Pins, maybe, if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> as long as his rain stays away, we'll be, we'll be right. So. I will enjoy the rest of your trip, mate, and good luck with your nah, career at the Suns. Thanks very much for having me on work. It was Tom Berry there. I think we lost him at the end. But thanks for joining us, Tom. We really appreciate you taking the time. Gold Coast Suns newest recruit. I have a feeling he's going to be a good player down there for them. Just a, yeah. a nice little small forward that can terrorise opposition defenders. <laughs> he's, he was selling himself short in a little way. Like He's quick, he's, mm. he's tough, he's tenacious. Um, he'll create a bit of activity down there for them. So, uh, no, I like it from the Suns and I think he's a good pickup for them. And Look, the Lions wanted to keep him, and culturally, as I've said a couple of times on this show, he's um, he's a great fit for for any club, and, yep. and um, so are both of the, the Berry boys. Yeah, we went down was two thousand sixteen draft, yeah. two thousand sixteen draft. I always get them mixed up, but two thousand sixteen draft, and we're following Jared through the year for going places. Yep, and it was um, we're down at his place, and he was because he was from Horsham originally. Yep, uh, all the Berry boys are, and he was living up in Ballarat. For school and yeah, we we went to their older brother's house, uh, Joel, and they were playing this game and they're just absolutely <laughs> wrecking each other back and forth. And then we took him for a bit of a kick to kick for the, this video. And Tom was small as smaller than, than Jared. And obviously mm. Jared's a, a pretty big guy, um, but he was holding his own and scrapping <laughs> and fighting and, and a bit of pace. So yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to watch the boys progress, both of them. That's what he'll add at Metricon Stadium from 2023 and beyond. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. We'll get to a quick break. We're going to grill Cal on the draft after this. Text in with any draft questions. 0419 187 323. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Win prizes like a year of free Wilson parking, a new Volkswagen Polo GTI with five-year care plan, and more. Download the MyMackers app and play today. End 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. These terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream, install a Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. And in case you missed it earlier this morning, GWS and Geelong have agreed to terms on a deal for Tanner Bruin. The trade will see the Cats part with pick 18 for Tanner to get to Cardinia Park after two seasons with the Giants, the former number 12 draft pick. So Geelong just getting stronger throughout this year's trade period. Cal, I want to chat draft with you for the next little bit. The NAB AFL Draft Combine starts today at Marvel Stadium. Mm. You wrote an article on afl.com.au about a pretty intriguing prospect in George Wardlaw, given the fact that he's came into the year as a genuine number one pick chance, but he's missed a lot of the season through hamstring issues. Do you yeah. he's still a number one in the number one pick mix? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is because of his quality. And look, he hasn't played too much footy. He's barely played since June. He had... Uh, a hamstring injury at school training, had a re-aggravation. That injury was originally meant to be about six weeks. In about the fifth week, he had a re-aggravation of that at a training session, sat out the under-18 carnival for Vic Metro at that point, returned for the final school game for his school side, uh, St. Kevin's, lasted about five minutes and had another re-aggravation there or mm. another injury, which was a slightly different injury that time. The scan showed. The second one, they didn't even bother getting an MRI on. It was such a minor yep. re-aggravation. But at different stages, they've taken a really cautious approach with him given, you know, this is a 10-year project, 15-year project potentially for the club that selects George Wardlaw. So he could have played uh, towards the end of the season, but they put him in cotton wool. And I don't think he'll test across this weekend as well, just given the lack of preparation he would have had compared to others. But he is absolutely still in that that top handful mix for so, sure. So tell us about him because there would have been people who don't follow the draft as closely as you obviously, but that, that wouldn't have seen much of him this year because he spent so much time on the sideline. So what type of player would, would clubs be getting in George Wardlaw? He sees a bit of Clayton Oliver in the way he plays. Yep. And, and I, that's that's real. He's he's tough. He's combative. He, he's explosive out of the stoppage. He's powerful. He's big games. And we talk about the right time to play well. He, he did that this year. He was best on ground. Um for the AFL Academy against Collingwood's VFL side. Will Ashcroft played in that side as, in that game as well and in that side as well. And in round one, George Wardlaw was best on ground as well for the Oakley Chargers against the Sandringham Dragons. Will Ashcroft played in that game too. So yep. it was probably the two games where Will wasn't best on ground mm. across the year um, was when George Wardlaw was playing in them. So that's just is a little marker to how well I think he would have gone in the championships had he played. Yep. He's a 182, 183 centimetre midfielder. He's he's strong body, but he's got a leap. He, he had the second best leap at the NAB League testing day earlier this year, so he can jump and he goes for his hangers. He kicks goals. He, he fends off. He plays on. He, he's he's an aggressive player in 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 physicality, but also just in mindset. He, he enjoys taking the ball forward and um, yeah, he, he 
he's going to be fun to watch, I think, at the next level because he can do some surprising things at stages too. Just pop up and take a big grab or kick, a, kick an important goal. So, yeah, I think uh, North Melbourne, whether they keep pick one or uh, bid on Will Ashcroft, if it, wherever their pick is, their first live selection, they'd be looking very closely at him. I'm sure West Coast as well, should they keep pick two, would be um, considering him closely. The Giants have been linked a lot to, to Aaron Cadman. We've been talking about that for, yep. for a number of weeks. But um, I think as a midfield option too, he'd be right in their thoughts. And, and Essendon, well, he, he's he's got a bit of a, a yearning to get to the Bombers. He's a Bombers supporter in the yeah, article right, okay. today. He actually said that, uh, well, you can dream. You can dream about <laughs> getting to the Bombers. And uh, yeah, there's, there's just a little side note on George Wardlaw as well. He's probably the first 18-year-old I've interviewed whose favorite band is Oasis. And his two favourite songs. There we go. So he's, I'm surprised he hasn't been number one in all of your form guides. <laughs> on <laughs> that alone. Essendon and Oasis. Uh, uh, he's, and his two favourite Oasis songs, uh, Married with Children and Bonehead's Bank Holiday, which if you're a fan out there and listening, suggests that he's a, an avid, avid fan. Not just a, avid, yeah. avid fan. He hasn't just, just rolled out Wonderwall. He <laughs> hasn't just Wonderwall and some might say. So, yeah, look, he he's a different um, type of personality I think that he's he's pretty matter of fact about it all and he's yep. been pretty matter of fact about his injury concerns this year as well but he's got full faith that he's going to be fine and the medicals across the next 24 to 48 hours for for draftees and prospects will tell that story but he's comfortable with how his body fits and before this year he hadn't had a soft tissue injury so um I think he'll for the long term be pretty sweet so your phantom form guide for September dropped last Friday. We had a busy day on Friday, so we didn't get to touch on it too much. But your top five has stayed pretty consistent over the last couple of months. So yeah. it would be Ashcroft, Wardlaw, Sardis, Sheasel, Cadman. Can you see anyone breaking into that group by November? Uh, no, I think that's going to be pretty similar to what it is. Whether there's an adjustment, one goes up or one goes down. I think that's most likely to be the five that I stick with. Look, Aaron Cadman has been at number five. This has been my rankings. Yeah. I got a question just through before. You know, a week ago, he was ranked the fifth best player in the draft and overnight he's become you know, the clear number one. My rankings are based on pure pure pound-by-pound pound rankings. Not it's what you do, not what the clubs would do. Well, not even that. It's just pure pound-by-pound pound players. Yes. It's not who I'd um, pick you positionally yes, or yes, anything yes, yes. like that. So I think that, I mean, Cadman's had a really good year, a really strong year. And as his manager, Dylan Petrarca, said on Trade Radio earlier this week, this is his first year of playing as a key forward. Yeah. He's grown, he's shot up, he's competitive, he's a country kid. He, he ticks the boxes for a few um, non-Victorian clubs near the top of the board. Outside of that, I don't see too many changes coming into the top five for me at the moment. I, I, I mean, I just have Bailey Humphrey just outside of that. I'm a big fan of his um, exciting powerful again and that's where I'm interested to see how clubs view this this top rung of prospects because the power of world law the power of Sardis and by power we talk about explosiveness we talk about getting out of a stoppage we talk about not getting caught or tackled about um, standing up in the tackle about being able to get your hands above and free and get a handball out or getting that five meters of separation or kicking longer and stronger or taking a mark that's contested in a, in a tough spot. So you talk about the power of Wardlaw and Sardis and, and Humphrey and, and Ruben Jinby to an, to an extent as well. Cam McKenzie, I've seen it from him at different stages. And then there's the consistency and, and hard work and, and 
control over his game that someone like Jai Clark has, who just doesn't yeah. ever play a bad game. He's, he's, his intensity is at ho- such a high level. So there's that sort of mix inside the top 10 that I'm interested to see which clubs um, prefer what. And, yep. and, you know, there's been a lot of discussion. I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago when um, Geelong first had eyes on Jack Bowes, but also pick seven and, and Jai Clark could nestle straight into there and, and be a long-term player for the Cats, a local boy. Um, so the, they're the names right at the top end. Elijah Sardis, so I'm a big rap for. I think if he'd played all year, look, he might still be one of the best players in it. He's, he's yet to turn uh, 18, as is Harry Sheasel. So both of those guys, and birth dates are important in draft years. There's there's growth and development that comes from um, some of the younger borns. I want to probe you a little bit more about Jai Clark because you put this on the radar. Right when Geelong entered the mix for Jack Bowes and that number seven draft pick, I mean... It's going to be number eight probably on the on the night. What, what are the chances? Do you think of him still being at that selection? Pretty strong. Yeah, I think I think he'd be around there because uh, it's right where you've got him ranked at the moment. Yeah, fortuitously, I, I don't think there's going to be a huge variance there. He could go a couple of spots higher. He could go a couple of spots lower. But that's right in the window for yep. for Jai Clark. And given we think that Wardlaw and Sardis and Cadman will all be in that top group. The The room for one or two to jump in is there, but it's not huge. Mm. Um, I think Cam McKenzie's got, you know, fancies in the in the top 10. He's not getting to St Kilda. <laughs> well, they, they could pick him. They could pick him, but he's not getting there after 40. <laughs> no, not a chance of that. I think Matthias Philippou has interest inside the top 10. I think Oliver Hollands' end of the season has brought him right into that first dozen or so conversation. And Matt Jefferson, as well as a key forward, has kicked a lot of goals this year. So that's pretty hard to ignore as well. So it really is. Um, yeah, I feel like there's been a separation of uh, the top group and and the next group in, in this year's draft pool. And within the top group, we talk about Will Ashcroft, George Wardlaw, Elijah Sardis, Harry Sheasel, Aaron Cadman, Bailey Humphrey, Jai Clark, Ruben Jimby, Cam McKenzie, Matt Jefferson. Mateus Philippou, I think all of those guys are really sort of um, etched themselves in, in the top rungs of, of the draft and sorting them through will be fascinating for, for clubs. I want to ask you about Bailey Humphrey because he's a player that a couple of months ago probably wasn't, would it be fair to say he wasn't in this mix of top names, but he's sort of, he's been the big bolter throughout uh, the last couple of months. What What's seen him grow his game to the level now where he's being talked about in that top 10 selection? He's played. Yeah, he's played, and he he played a few games at the start of the year. Kicked three goals in round one. I'm pretty sure it was. I was at that game watching the Gippsland Power, and he was exciting that day. And he was playing with the injury for a couple of weeks as well. That knee injury that ruled him out of the the mid season championships. Came back with an absolute bang, um, playing mid size forward slash midfield option. There's a little bit of Isaac Heaney to the way he plays and and the impact. And again, the power. It's a it's a word that we use a lot around these players, but. Um, he does have that uh, capacity to um, impact games in a number of different ways. So he can mark overhead. He can go into the midfield. He had a game where he kicked four goals, five, and had 31 touches upon return. Like yeah. it, was, it was outstanding stuff. Um, and he generates shots. So I think there's, there's this, this scope with Bailey Humphrey that I think is exciting for, for clubs as well. And um, he's on road to the draft a few weeks ago as well. He's very open about his... his um, past in terms of you know growing up and, and, and getting to this point and 
yeah, he's uh, he's a ripping character as well that I think a lot of people have a lot of time for. So yeah, he, he plays with the same energy that he has as a person. He's been captain of Gippsland as well throughout this year. Uh, I think if he played all year, it wouldn't be much, as much of a bolt in inverted yep. commas. Um, people love key position players because they are so unique to the game. And, and obviously we know about Aaron Cadman, but what else can you tell us? What other key forwards, key defenders? I mean, we saw Matt Jefferson kick seven mm. in a game in the champs against WA. Sevenson. Down at Sevenson, down at Icon Park um, and really sort of stamped his name as a, as a potential top 10 player at this draft. Beyond Aaron Cadman and Matt Jefferson, what, what sort of key position players should we be looking out for? Well, that game was actually one of the last games, or the last game that Jed Bustling had played mm. for the year before he went under for shoulder surgery. So he hasn't played since then. He's another player who could be around that top 20 mark. Lewis Hayes uh, started to get going in that game, actually, at Icon Park. He's the younger brother of Sam Hayes at Port Adelaide, but a key back from the Eastern Rangers, who certainly has that capacity to to link up and take the ball um, in the air and and intercept mark there. Uh, Josh Weddle had some good moments for for Vic Metro as well. He's an intercept marker. I think the rise of Max Grzewski... Um, has come a little bit later as well. But I feel like a few clubs are having him in, inside their first 25 or so at this point. He, he took a huge mark a couple of weeks ago for Vic Metro against Vic Country in that championships decider at Marvel Stadium. But his marking is elite. He's got great hands. He's not as tall as um, some of the, the key position prospects. He's about 192, 193 centimetres, but he's got some ability when you can mark it, it, it overcomes that. I think Michael Hurley was 193 centimetres yeah. throughout his career. And he could always mark it too. So um, Isaac Keeler, who is a, a member of Adelaide's Next Generation Academy, he's played a lot of rock. He can actually, he's averaged about 18 disposals a game at, at under 18 level Good for a in the sample. So he can get around the ground and, and move up the, the field and, and have an impact with the ball in hand. And he's quite exciting when he turns on left and, and kicks it long. So there's a few of the, the taller types who could be in that top 30 range. And yeah, I, I think it's it's not a draft. Um, packed with them clearly, and that's why Cadman's the season has, has yep. made him quite an ex- outstanding prospect. All right, the message board is lighting up here in the Trade Radio studio, so we'll get to some of your questions shortly. This is the Trade Exchange, thanks to Repco Authorised Service. For expert car service, book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engine in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. We sent out the call. We've got heaps of messages flying in. 0419187323. Text in. For your draft questions to Cal. Cal, fly through some now. There was a bit of talk, a bit of hype around South Australian key forward Tom Scully being touted as a top pick. I haven't heard much since. Do you have any intel on him? I think he's probably a later option, potentially. Uh, not a huge draft, as we mentioned before, of key forwards. Uh, lost a little bit of confidence, as his, his managers, um, Tom McConville and Brett Delidio, mm-hmm. said yesterday on the show, having been overlooked a couple of t- times for South Australia, but... Yeah, 204 centimetres and, and was averaging about six goals a game to start the season. So someone might take a look later on. 
Michael has texted in, hey, Cal, can you advise if Essendon will be able to draft Anthony Mankara out of its NGA system and will both Davies be drafted? Yeah, they'll be able to draft Anthony Mankara if he gets through the first 40 selections. Now, at the start of the year, that looked pretty unlikely. He was on fire, yeah. to be honest, um, at the start of the season. He played for the NAB AFL Academy. He got drafted into that team um, to play against Collingwood's VFL side. Hasn't played very much since then, though. Um, so has been unavailable and did spend some time with the Bombers earlier this year um, with their academy. I think he actually spent some time living with Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody as well. So a member of their NGA, there's a chance now that he gets through to pick 40 and and the Bombers uh, would be able to then grab him or match a bid for him. As for the Davies, Jaden and Alwyn, yeah, I believe both of them will be at the Bombers next year. Where do you have Alwyn at the moment? I have him... Ranked about 15th or 16th. I yep. think a bid is likely to come a little bit later than that, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sam from Albury. Hey, boys, should the Crows try to trade back in the draft and land Mateus Philippou? I think the Giants pick 12 might be gettable. They probably won't have a pick, though, the Crows, will they? Well, unless they want to use their future first. Yeah. That's the only way they'll be able to do that. Um, but Mateus Philippou has a lot of exciting traits. There's no doubt about that. I think if Port's pick eight wasn't um, on the table for Jason Orn Francis, then he'd be right in the mm-hmm. mix for that selection, given he's, he's going to be the first South Australian selected, I believe. He's exciting, kicks goals, 192 centimetres, another player who uh, powerful gets attached to. So, yeah, there's a bit to like there with him. Hey, boys, either or all of these questions, plus the first one, could Harry, could we see Harry Sheasel as a Toby Green-type match winner in his prime? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's not many cleaner players that I've seen come through the draft than Harry Sheasel when the ball's up for grabs in the forward line or, or in the air, he's used to the body. He's so smart. He twists and turns. He's good on both feet. Um, he can kick goals from all angles. Uh, he's played a bit of midfield time, but I see him as being a goal kicker, just a goal kicker who's really, really good at kicking goals. And uh, we'll be able to do that from day dot. As he mentioned, that Connor Rosie was his type of yep. player. I can see that as well. I know Connor Rosie's played a bit of midfield, and that might come in time as well for Harry. But his first couple of years, I think he'll be – uh, an exciting half forward option, and, and he's kicked a lot of goals this year. Braden wants to know out of Wardlaw, Sardis, Cadman, and Sheasel, who is most likely to still be available at Essendon's first <laughs> pick? Well, ask me in a month, but <laughs> but I would say that whichever way that goes, I think they're, they're the, the crew that Essendon would be looking at, and they can't really go too far wrong there, can they? Mm. So, Wardlaw. Um, option for them and a little bit he's a little bit of a point of difference I know the height might be similar to some of their other midfielders in Parrish and Shield and, and McGrath and, and Merritt but uh, he's a different type than them uh, Sheasel's obviously someone who could add some forward firepower for them Cadman as a key forward would, would be perfect for yep. them I don't think he'd get there though and Elijah Sardis would be completely different to what their midfield already has so I think from a point of difference aspect he'd be really really good too uh, do you think the Eagles' willingness to slide back from pick two to pick eight is due to them not being sold on the top prospects this year? Um, not necessarily. I mean, it depends what you're looking for as well. Could you slide back and, and still have a have a shot at Ruben Jimby at that point? Um, what How can you work out um, what's available in there? There's a, there's a handful of Victorian players right at the top there. So they have to work out a lot of things. But ultimately, they've shown that they're, they're comfortable sliding back prior. We saw that do that last year and they took a Victorian to do it as well. So that's never really come into their thinking as much um, in the past with West Coast. We, they did it last year and slid back a couple of spots to, to take Campbell Chesler, who they had their eye on um, in the lead up to that year's draft. So 
Look, I think it, it probably shows that there's an evenness to it, to be honest, and there isn't because of injury probably with Wardlaw and Sardis. There maybe isn't the, the obvious one-two punch right at the top. And just lastly, really quick one, where do you see Jasper Fletcher's positioning being right now? Well, somewhere between 15 and 20-ish. Yeah, around there. Obviously eligible to join Brisbane as a father-son product. Cal, love your work as per usual. AFL.com.au this afternoon for inside trading. This has been the Trade Exchange for Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a rain. We'll see you next Monday, 12 p.m. on the Trade Exchange. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNC's apply.